I'm Lisa Popchak, and you're listening to Momfidence, for moms at every age and every stage. Being a mom is wondrous and delightful, but also at times exhausting and overwhelming and confusing and frustrating. Momfidence is a place for moms to come for encouragement, comfort, some new tools, and the confidence boost you need to be the mom you want to be. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be with you again. It's been a little while because things have been very busy around here. Perhaps they have been in your household as well. It seems to be that time of year for so many of us as kids wind up their school schedules and their plays and playoffs and, oh my goodness, there's just so much going on and there's been a lot going on in our ministry. Um, Some wonderful things that I'm hoping to share with you soon, but it has made me a very, very busy mother, and I'm sure many of you are feeling it as well. And when I get into a time like this in my life, I often find that it is imperative for my sanity and my family's well-being for me to take some time and just reflect and center myself and remember why I'm doing all of this as a mom every single day. Reminding myself that this is not just filling up time. This is not just arbitrary. That what I do every day from every dish that I wash to every activity that I drive to to every meal that I share with my family has a deeper meaning and an importance. And I want to encourage you that that is truly the case, that there is nothing that you do as a mom that is not really, really important to the life and the soul and the well-being of your family. It has huge importance. And when we can remember that, it makes the things that seem difficult and sometimes like drudgery lift out of that mire and it allows us to really find our energy and recenter ourselves again. At least I know it does for me. And and I encourage you to um, take some time and do that and find that in yourself. And I've been doing that lately. And one of the things that I often try to recenter myself on is what is it that I'm trying to give to my family? What, what do I want to pass on to my children in the way of character and in virtue? At the heart of all that I dream and I hope for them is a hope that they'll have a deep and guiding faith in God. And interestingly, There have been a lot of studies recently that have shown that when faith is perceived as the cause of a warm and loving home, children are far more likely to own their faith into adulthood. Conversely, if children experience faith as just a set of rules to follow or as something that causes strife in their home, that child is more likely to leave the faith in adulthood. Now, I've always wanted to create a warm and loving and nurturing home where both my family and God can dwell. But the information in these studies put a much finer point on that for me in terms of the importance and the meaningfulness of creating 
a warm, loving home for my family to be part of, to dwell in. So as a mom, I really do try to intentionally create a peaceful, loving atmosphere and warm memories with my family. And the connections we make through doing that intentionally don't just serve my family. They also make me feel empowered as a parent. They give me the energy and the strength that I need to do what I do. And they inspire me to go deeper and wider with both the people that I love and I'm serving and with God himself. And together, we catch a little bit of his creative spirit and that inspires us to do more and it feeds our family so well. So it ends up being something that I'm really grateful to take the time to do. And it lifts me out of the mire of the everyday, especially when life gets the way it's been around here lately. You know, in family life, there are seasons. And most seasons, whether they're natural seasons like spring or summer or winter or fall, or liturgical seasons or seasons of life, they bring opportunities to create that warmth and that connection in, in a lot of different ways. Let me give you an example. So in terms of seasons, liturgical seasons, so let's say, Christmas can be a really easy season to engage my family in. The whole atmosphere of Christmas is inviting. There are lights everywhere in every neighborhood. You drive and you can see the lights and they lift your spirits. There are carols everywhere being sung on the radio. There's delicious food, the presents, of course, and the coming of the baby Jesus. And our family has really intentionally created so many traditions to gather around. We go out and find a tree together every year and cut it down and bring it home and decorate it together. And we have little memory ornaments to put on our tree that remind us of special things we've done together. We love to decorate gingerbread houses and bake gingerbread cookies and we love the special meals and foods that we share together over the Christmas season and we always love participating in Christmas Eve Mass together. That's sort of our Mass and there's always a member of our family reading some of the readings. The children and their dad all sing in the choir together on Christmas Eve. I do not. I do not trust my singing voice, but they all have been blessed with beautiful ones, and I get to sit and absorb it all, and I love every minute of it, and we all love doing that together. And then, of course, there's the Easter season, which is also a very inviting, uplifting season because it's all about resurrection and salvation and new life. And again, it's such a celebratory setting. We walk into church on Easter Sunday and it's just a feast for the senses as well as for our souls. Our spirits lift with the amazing scent of the Easter flowers and their brilliant colors and they just fill the church. And then we get to rejoice at the sound of Easter song and it's filled with hallelujahs that we haven't been able to hear in weeks or say in weeks. And it's the promise of resurrection every, every turn we take. We also love taking that home and sharing it at home after Mass. And we create a lovely meal together with foods that have become a tradition, some passed down from my husband's grandmother. 
And each person has a little chocolate bunny waiting for them at the table, whether they're a family member or a guest. It's a way to make sure that everybody has that special little treat. And even the decor of our home gets a little lift with Easter flowers and little light, colorful touches and places here and there throughout our house to remind us that the long darkness is over and the light has come. These are both such joyful seasons that I'm talking about, but in between them, there is Lent, which is where we find ourselves as I speak to you right now. And that's a season that's sometimes given me some pause. Well, I can personally benefit from the time set aside to grow spiritually. It seems to be a more internal season where we look inside ourselves and spend time reflecting on where we are with God and what we need to do to do better. And it doesn't seem to present itself as an easily shareable family season. Because the pain and the suffering of Christ and the call to sacrifice and repent can be really hard to share with children. It's easy to present the Lenten images in a way that can be frightening or off-putting to children of any age. And I've also witnessed parents go to extremes in imposing Lenten sacrifices on their children to the point where it can cause resentment and bitterness between them. It can seem really challenging to create warm family memories during Lent. And yet this season is so pivotal to my family's faith that certainly can't be ignored or even lessened in comparison to the Christmas and Easter seasons that come on either end of it. So every year I take some time before the Lenten season starts and I take the season to God and I ask him to guide me in helping me shape the Lenten season into a time that will draw us closer to him and to each other. Then I take some time once I've really handed it over to God and I evaluate the ages and the emotional and spiritual stages of each of my children and consider to what degree they can embrace the Lenten journey this year. The church herself requires and suggests very different levels of participation depending on age and health and other factors. So, of course, we work within that as well as what that particular child is going through and able to handle at that particular moment. Then I consider the environment. You know, we have, as I said, the Christmas lights and the Easter colors and flowers but I consider how we can create an environment that will gently remind us and help us to enter into the Lenten season, which can seem so dark and so harsh. So how do I do that in a gentle way in our house so that every age and stage and even people who come and visit in our home will be touched by it? So one of the things I might do is I might use pussy willow branches or pre-blooming forsythia branches in places where I would usually put flowers because this gives us a reminder of the journey from death to life. To be honest, waiting until Easter to bring in hyacinth and tulips and lilies is one of my tiny Lenten sacrifices because it is so hard for me to pass them by 
when I see them for sale in the grocery store right after I've walked in from the cold, dreary day outside. And there they are, and their brightness and their color and their sweet smells. And I have to steel myself to wait out the Lenten journey until Easter to buy them. And it's actually a moment just right there in the supermarket where I get a small reflection of what I have to do spiritually to be able to persevere and wait for the resurrection. I've also taken to creating different centerpieces that sit on my table, and that enables us to draw our thoughts together as we share a meal. So it's usually something that is Lenten-themed and allows us to just take that moment to remember, okay, our day has been busy, we're all hungry, but this is a moment to just stop and recenter ourselves and remind ourselves of what season it is and what we're doing and what we're promising to work toward together. I also take some time to pray about what books and movies about this story would be appropriate for us as a family this year. This, of course, changes every year with the ages of my kids, and sometimes that'll mean allowing older children to stay up a little later some nights after their younger siblings go to bed so that the older ones can watch a depiction of Christ's sacrifice that's only appropriate as they've gained the ability to process it with us as their parents. The little ones might be better off watching things that are more appropriate for their age group, but a little less graphic, a little less real. I also look at what books we can share together as a family. So for instance, this year, the kids are all able to read the screw tape letters together with me. So every day during one of our meals, we read one chapter of that, and then we discuss what we've read about in that book, how, it, how it's affected us in our lives, what insights we may have together. We also have a new devotional this year that we're doing, especially during our evening prayer time together before anybody goes to bed so that we're really taking just a little bit of extra time and reflection together rather than falling into old patterns of prayer that might be getting a little dry or a little less reflective than the season calls for. I also look for engaging activities that we can do as a family to help us together to enter into the sacrificial nature of the season. So sometimes that will be cleaning out our closets and making sure that we are giving clothes to people who can use clothes that are really very in very good shape, but also maybe outgrown, um, something that we can't use right now, but somebody else can. Maybe it's that we all get together and we make a meal for a neighbor or for um, the, the shelter in our town so that people can have a warm, lovingly cooked, home-cooked meal, and we can do that together. There are a myriad of ideas, but we try to come up with something that we can do together as an act of service and an act of love for other people, and also what we can do for one another during the course of any given day or during the course of the season. How can we serve one another just a little bit better because Lent is inspiring us to do that? And lastly, I always discuss my ideas with my family, and I listen to their ideas. 
and we make sure that everyone is willing to participate in whatever we decide to take on during the Lenten season. That it's not just in pose, that it's not just an assignment like a school assignment, but it's something that we're all investing in together. Because Lent, while it requires sacrifice, is actually a journey of love. And I want to do all I can to help each member of my family experience it as such and remember it that way always. So that Lent is not something they're dreading, something they have to do, or something their mom put them through when they were a kid, but something that they've benefited from, even though it can be challenging, even though it's not full of twinkle lights and Easter bunnies and happy flowers, even though it's something that can give us great pause, I want them to remember it as something that drew them closer together with their family and with God in love, and that gave them good things with every Lenten season. I hope that you and your family experience whatever season you're going through in your life with tenderness, with clarity, and with real commitment to loving each other well. God be with you all. Thanks for joining me today for this Monfidence Moment. If you want more encouragement, come on over to Monfidence.org for the blog and other confidence-boosting resources.